Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Join all the listeners who are listening right now ad-free by clicking subscribe on Apple Podcast, going to patreon.com slash the Murder Diaries pod, or in Spotify, search the Murder Diaries ad-free. Welcome to the Murder Diaries. I'm Natalie. And I'm Paige. On a spring evening in 2016, Bianca Carrasco disappeared without a trace from near her San Antonio home after an argument with her husband. She had recently asked for a divorce and there was a verbal altercation after they had put their children to bed. What exactly happened next is unclear. And seven years on, Bianca's sister Giovanna is still fighting for answers about what happened to her sister that night. This is Bianca's story. You still think it's in my head But I'm walking with the dead Bianca was born on July 21st, 1986. And from an early age, Bianca's home life was rocky with Bianca and her older sister Giovanna growing up without their mom. Giovanna actually told us in our exclusive interview with her that their mother is currently in prison serving a lengthy sentence. She didn't elaborate further, and really, the details don't have any impact on Bianca's story. So we're not going to be addressing it further. Giovanna and Bianca's friend, Julie, participated in an exclusive interview with us at the Murder Diaries. They described Bianca as caring, funny, and only serious when she had to be. She was the kind of person that you wanted to be around. She loved to dance and sing, and her kids meant the world to her. As an 18-year-old, Bianca met and fell in love with Joe Daniel Carrasco, who went by his middle name, Daniel. So that's how we'll refer to him throughout this case coverage. Now, Daniel's actually 11 years older than Bianca, and he had previously been married to Bianca's aunt. However, it's important to understand that Bianca didn't meet him until after he had separated from her aunt, and she didn't grow up thinking of him as an uncle. The aunt is her mother's sister, and as I already mentioned, Bianca's mom wasn't around when she was growing up. As a result, she didn't have a relationship with her aunt until she was much older. There's another thing about this relationship, though. There are family rumors that swirled. People were wondering out loud if Daniel struck up a relationship with Bianca out of spite for his ex-wife, her aunt. Despite what may or may not have been Daniel's motivations to start this relationship, Bianca fell pregnant very soon after it started, and the pair quickly married. Over the next few years, the couple welcomed another daughter and a son. Giovanna said that despite their unstable upbringing, Bianca was determined to succeed. 
She enrolled in a nursing program at Gallen College of Nursing and went on to become a registered nurse. Her kind and compassionate nature made her an ideal nurse. Her patients were more than just people she cared for. They were people she genuinely cared about. Julie told us that Bianca would always strike up conversations with the people in her care, and she would take time to do the little things for them that made them feel really special. Yeah, and that's that's how life happens, I think, to everybody. And not only that, I, I think of how much she overcame even through all that. She was a registered nurse, and she was a compassionate, empathetic person. Her, her patients loved her. Despite what she went through, she still went to nursing school. And from what I hear, it's pretty hard. And then went even further to be a registered nurse while she was a mother. I'm proud of her for overcoming such really, really hard things that could put somebody back, you know, for the rest of their life. Julie elaborated on the intense nursing program and how it brought them together in their friendship. We first met in nursing school in 2008 um, in LVN school. So the LVN program is pretty intense. It's a August to August, one year straight, no, you know, traditional Christmas, Thanksgiving, summer breaks, whatever. You just kind of a fast track. So, you know, whoever we were in school with, you had no choice but to, that was pretty much all, all you hung out with, talked to, what have you, because of the circumstances. So... That's where I met Bianca. Then after we finished school, we went to work um, at the same hospital. And so we worked together too. And then she lived just a couple of blocks away from me um, in town. And then our kids were around the same ages. Um, Hers were, well, her two oldest and my kids were close in range um, as far as age is concerned, a couple of years apart. So we would get the kids together and stuff. So I, I knew her from that as well. Not long after becoming a registered nurse, Bianca worked at Odessa Regional Medical Center in Odessa. Then she went on to work at an oncologist's office in San Antonio. After Bianca graduated from nursing school, her family said there was a shift and Bianca was very unhappy in her marriage. Bianca and Daniel's relationship was reportedly not doing well and Bianca's family said that they felt Daniel isolated her from them. Bianca soon asked Daniel for a divorce and immediately changed her Facebook relationship status to divorced. To Bianca, her marriage was over and she was ready to begin the next chapter of her life. In conversation with Giovanna, she explained her understanding of the marital relationship to us. Here's what she had to say. Actually, for a couple of months, if not more, they weren't really on speaking terms, but they were still living together and doing, you know, the kids. He he traveled back and forth to work and, you know, she worked too, Monday through Friday, and then they would, you know, do whatever they needed to for the kids, but they weren't getting along at all. But uh, I they would do that. They That's how they fought. I mean, if there was something going on, they just wouldn't speak to each other. And they would usually, you know, come back around. And But this time they weren't. And um, I think he started to get worried. Or I don't know if worried's the word. I think he, know, he knew that he was losing her. She wasn't really sharing too much with anyone about what was going on. We only heard from his side. There was never any divorce papers filed. 
I think he said he said that. Yes. He um, actually told me that they had decided because there was nothing to fight over, is what he said, that they had drawn up their own divorce papers like to file it themselves instead of getting a, getting attorneys and that they were all filled out and she just had to sign them. But that is that was not, not true. true. Not true. Yeah, not true. Bianca began dating right away. And according to media reports, if we're to believe them, she was casually dating, but there really wasn't anyone she was serious about. However, Giovanna explained in her interview with us that that information isn't correct. One of the things that I think we learned here recently was the relationship that she had with the guy that she was speaking with wasn't, I mean, I thought it was just a fling. I mean, the media portrayed, you know, that she was just doing something behind his back, but she had really like began living as a divorced woman. And this relationship was more serious than I think we ever thought. So it was, I don't know, that was a big one for me um, because it's hard. People people are so cruel. People are so cruel. Julie also shared with us that she knew about Bianca's new relationship. It wasn't a plain type thing like Giovanna saying. It was actually, after speaking with him, it was pretty something serious. Something that was growing. Yeah, it was yeah. something that was growing into something. I think that she... You know, they had been having problems. She was set, you know, her her mind was set that she was going to get a divorce. I think she was just trying to approach it, you know, cautiously. Um, when she met this guy that she was talking to, I think that confirmed that that was for sure what she wanted to do and wanted to expedite the process. Then on April 27th, 2016, Daniel looked through Bianca's phone and apparently discovered communication between Bianca and the other man. This angered Daniel, and in turn, his anger scared Bianca. After the discovery, Daniel opened a new bank account in his name only and then went on to empty their joint bank account, leaving Bianca without any money. After this happened, she sent a text to Giovanna which read, Daniel emptied the account and opened another account without my name on it. So now I have no access to money except my credit card, which is almost at the limit. I will not be controlled by a man and money. Up until this point, Bianca hadn't shared much with her sister about her struggling relationship. But after the joint account was emptied, she started texting Giovanna and telling her sister the extent of what really was going on behind closed doors. It was on Wednesday when Bianca finally started sharing with me more um, like she, she, cause she wasn't even really talking to me, you know, she would text me, but I couldn't really get her on the phone to tell me what was going on. And it was that Wednesday that she finally broke down and was sharing more with me. And those days leading up, she was just trying to figure out what her next step, what she needed to do next, you know, because he, he did, he started spiraling and the money, like Julie said, the money. He was texting her, like threatening. Yeah. I mean, she she made a... So the thing about my sister is because of our traumatic upbringing, she would make something serious into a joke. And sometimes it was it could be funny, you know. But the downside was that 
if something was serious and she made it a joke, it could be really serious. And she told her coworkers that Friday in her joking manner, like, well, if I go missing, y'all know what happened to me, you know? And I'm sure and I can hear how she would say it. And I'm sure her coworkers were, saw, you know, they saw, they saw all these, these text messages, these threats. But if she said it in a joking way, I don't know that they, that they took it as serious until she didn't show up to work on Monday. And they did share with me um, that they were worried. The last time Bianca was seen was on Sunday, May 1st, 2016. She spoke to Giovanna at 2 p.m. Giovanna said that Bianca sounded calm and like she had news to share, but she didn't. Bianca told her sister that she was planning on seeing a lawyer on Friday in order to get advice about child custody. That's because Daniel had spoken to her and said that he wanted full custody. And he told Bianca that she couldn't afford to support them on her own. The kids were four, eight, and nine at the time. But we talked about that and she was very calm. She said, she, she told me that that Sunday, she told me that he was being creepy. And I was like, well, okay, what do you mean? She said, I don't know. Like he was just hovering over me, Giovanna. I was sleeping. It's like two in the morning. He's just hovering over me. And I was like, oh, okay. Like that is weird. But I, and I asked her, I said, do, do you want to just come here for a little bit? Do you want to come to Houston? This is where I live um, for a little bit until everything settles down. And she's like, no, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. So that was the last time I talked to her. And um, I know that she did some Snapchat videos with her youngest at around, I think, three or four-ish that afternoon. It's unclear what exactly happened that night as we're relying mainly on what Daniel said to Giovanna. And his side is just one of two that we need in order to build a full picture. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. According to the police report that was later filed, Bianca and Daniel had an argument that evening. Julie adds that it was after Bianca had arrived back home after running some errands and they had put the kids to bed. Daniel said that following the argument, he took their youngest child and left the home, leaving the two older children behind with Bianca. Giovanna said she didn't know her sister was missing until around 4 p.m. the following day, Monday the 2nd. Bianca didn't show up to work that morning and her coworkers were super concerned as it wasn't like her to not call in if she couldn't make it into work. Giovanna then tried to get a hold of Daniel to see if he had seen Bianca. And she was finally able to get a hold of him late on Monday. And I was trying to get a hold of him, but he wasn't answering. And usually he he did. He would have, he would have told me. Uh, to me, because of everything he was saying before she went missing, he would have called and said, you'll never guess what happened. We got into a fight and she walked away, something like that, because that's how he sounded before. But when he, when he finally answered my phone call that Monday afternoon, he sounded so calm. And I said, hey, 
I can't get a hold of Bianca and her her phone is off. What What's going on? And he was like, I don't know. She left last night. And I, I was like, what do you mean she left? And he said, well, yeah, we were, we were getting in, uh, we were fighting and she started walking off. And I said, like, you saw her walking? You saw her walking? And he said, yes, I, I saw her. I passed her. I said, without her car? I, and I asked him, I said, did she have her purse? And he was like, oh, I don't know. He told me, I don't know. That day, he told me, I don't know. And I said, okay. And my impression is that he took the youngest child with him. Yes, but this is the thing. He had been sharing everything um, with me, going through their argument stuff and all of that. So I knew, like I knew his behavior and I knew when it shifted. I knew it, I knew when it shifted to panic, to irrational, to you need to go to sleep and chill out. When it shifted to nothing. So that Monday when I tried to call her, it went straight to voicemail. So I tried all day and nothing. Media reports say that Daniel left in a truck. However, Julie said that he was actually in a car. It's a minor detail, but it's one that she feels is important to clarify. Just another, it's a small detail that probably doesn't seem like it means much in the whole realm of the story. But a lot of people say that he took his truck um, that he was driving a truck at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, it it wasn't a truck. He was actually driving a car. So that night after they had the argument, he took off and went back to Odessa that night. It looks like by records and stuff, he probably left a little after 10. But he wasn't in a truck. He was with the youngest and they were in a car, which... Mm-hmm not to project what happened or whatever, but to me, that makes a big difference because you've got a truck with an open bed versus a car with a trunk. Daniel also said that after he left, Bianca left the house, leaving her two older children unattended. He said he knew this because he saw her walking and passed her in his vehicle as he drove by. Daniel said he figured she was just going for a walk to clear her head and that she would go right back to the house to be with their two older children. He told you that he thought she would go back or something. Yeah. He said that, you know, she knew that he had to go to work and that they were arguing like in the front yard and that she took off walking down the street telling him that she was leaving. And he was like, well, you can't leave because I am. And that she was like insistent that she was leaving so that he needed to stay there with the kids. And I was like, okay, but. So you just drove off knowing that she was walking down the street and left the kids there? <clears throat> and she well, was and like, I, he said, yeah, I, but I thought she was going to go back. And it's important to note that after that sighting by Daniel, Bianca was never seen again. Her phone either died or was turned off at 10.22 p.m., which was so out of character for her. Like most of us these days, Bianca always had her phone on and on her. And it wasn't like her to turn it off or let it run out of battery. But the thing is, since that night, since Sunday night, her phone was turned off or last pinged at 1022, has never come back on and no one has seen her. He was the last person to see her. Not only was Giovanna concerned about the whereabouts of her sister, 
but she was also concerned about the well-being of her young niece and nephew, who, as we know, had been left home alone. Okay. I said, so where are the kids? And at this point, still never told me that he took the youngest one with him. I had no idea. I said, so where are the kids? And he said, they're at home. I said, alone? Like, they're just home alone? He's like, yeah, I've called them. They're, they're okay. And, I, and at that point, to me, it was about the kids. I got frustrated. At that point, I said, you guys need to stop fighting. Stop fighting. You're, you, look, what, now the kids are alone and they're, that's not okay. Y'all need to figure out your stuff separately because this is hurting them. And I said, do you want me to come get them? I can come get them so y'all can work things out. But something needs to stop because it, it's not good. Um, he's like, no, it'll be okay. And I was like, well, t- just telling him my thoughts. Like, okay, well, I, I'm going to call her work. And if she doesn't uh, go to work tomorrow, then, you know, we'll see. Then Bianca didn't show up for work on Tuesday. And Giovanna began to really worry. She got her other sisters to post on Facebook about Bianca, asking if anyone had seen or heard from her in the past two days. Giovanna wasn't on social media, so she relied on other family members and friends to help spread the news about her sister going missing. It was then that Giovanna decided that if Bianca hadn't shown up to work the next day, that she would contact the police and file a missing persons report. The next day rolled around and Giovanna contacted Bianca's work and Daniel. And neither had heard from Bianca. That's when Daniel told Giovanna not to call and leave her sister be, suggesting Bianca was with one of those other guys. And that was the first time Giovanna heard panic in Daniel's voice. He's like, no, just leave her be, don't call, please. I was like, Daniel, I am. I said, something's not right. So I wait till the office opens and I call and I call again a little bit later and they're like, no. And that you can hear, could hear it in the voices of the coworkers that was, that answered the phone there. They were worried. After that, I, I called the police. They made me contact Houston police because this is where I live. And the police came to my house. Giovanna told the police everything she knew, hoping that any small detail would help the police locate her sister. She told the investigators that she was worried for Bianca and told them about the marital issues in the Carrasco home. Giovanna also gave the police the name of the man that Bianca had been seen. The officer asked Giovanna why Daniel didn't call the police. And Giovanna said she didn't know. The officer then asked her for Daniel's number and called him from Giovanna's house, putting him on speakerphone. And here's the kicker. When the phone is answered, the officer asks for Daniel. And Daniel responds that it's the wrong number and hangs up. Giovanna said she was confused because Daniel knew she was calling the police and she didn't know why he would lie and say that it was a wrong number. Giovanna then went through the process of having the missing person's file transferred from Houston, where she lived, to San Antonio, where Bianca went missing. And then from then, it was getting Houston to transfer my report to SAPD. Talking to SAPD, them transferring me to missing persons, they didn't want to initially list her as a missing person because they were telling me, well, people can walk away if they want to. And I had to really fight. Like, I, I just was telling them, like, no, something is wrong. She would not have just taken off. And I, I remember just one of the uh, missing persons people, well, 
well, your sister was doing some things that she shouldn't have been doing. And of course, they had spoke to the to her husband. I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it does not matter. She's missing. It doesn't matter what you think. So anyways, they ended up getting, getting her listed as a missing person and they talked to him. Eventually, Daniel did speak to the police and he told them what happened the night of May 1st, at least in his version of events. According to him, Bianca had been having an affair and she had given her wedding ring back to him. When Giovanna asked Daniel what Bianca was wearing when he last saw her, he said he couldn't remember. So you can only imagine Giovanna's shock when she received a copy of the missing persons flyer with a full description of what Bianca was last seen in. When I asked him if he knew what she was wearing, he said that he didn't remember. So then when they spoke to him and they gave me the flyer, they had this full description of what she was wearing and that she had the purse. And I just thought, I was just like, wow, why did you tell, why did he tell me? that he didn't remember and that she didn't have her purse. And there was a, a lot of little things like that. A couple days after Bianca disappeared, a report was made to CPS and the three children were removed from Daniel's care and thus placed in the care of their aunt Giovanna. CPS got involved that Wednesday because they went to talk to the older kids. Someone called CPS, I'm not sure we think it was the daycare that the youngest one went to, but they were also worried because the youngest one didn't go to daycare either. And I don't know if they heard that she went missing. I don't know what prompted them to call. They they said that she was making outcries of her parents arguing. So when CPS got involved and I, I started hearing this, I, I just thought, okay, this is just crazy. Why didn't he tell me that he took the youngest? Yeah, they were removed that week because there was just a lot of lying going on, especially about the little one. He told them that she was with him and he, they wanted proof. They immediately, and, and with having a missing mother, they, it was urgent that they removed them. And I had them for six months and they had to give them back. And they've been in their father's custody since then. So for a few years. Correct. Correct. After the kids were returned to their father's custody, all communication stopped. Giovanna and the rest of the family have been cut off completely and haven't received any communication or updates from them in years. With Bianca officially listed as a missing person, the investigation into her disappearance could finally begin. And the investigators started with the man Bianca had been seen, who they were quick to locate. When officers arrived at his home, he wasn't there, but his mom was, and she spoke with investigators. She told them that her son had a woman stay over on April 30th, who left around four in the morning on May 1st, though she wasn't able to conclusively say that the woman was Bianca. Bianca's family have been told that after further investigation, this man has been cleared and isn't under any suspicion. Bianca and Daniel's home was searched by San Antonio PD. They brought in scent dogs and used luminal to test for blood. Bianca's car was searched. Bianca's family was told that Daniel's vehicle had been searched. However, they later found out that it hadn't. The searching turned up very few clues and nothing that could aid in an investigation. Daniel was asked to undergo a polygraph test, which he agreed to. 
However, his lawyer advised him not to take the test and it was never completed. As far as Bianca's family is aware, this is the last time Daniel cooperated with law enforcement. He, he says he went to that night to Odessa to work. But at that time, he didn't have a job. He had quit his job. That's how irrational he was being. He quit his job in Odessa so that he could be at home in San Antonio. That's a yeah. big, yeah. A big I mean, one. it invalidates her, his entire alibi. Right. Correct. Neighbors organized searches of the neighborhood and volunteers combed the area looking for any sign of Bianca, but their search was in vain. Texas EquiSearch, an organization that works with law enforcement, were given permission to search the neighborhood by the San Antonio PD. They used dogs, drones, and ATVs, but they didn't find any clues. EquiSearch will only search locations given to them by the police, and they have asked the San Antonio PD for more locations of interest so they can search them. But the police haven't given any more information. They were given the neighborhood as a search location because that's where Bianca's cell phone last pinged before it died or was turned off. Bianca's family wants the location where Daniel's phone pinged to be searched as well. However, police aren't able to give those locations because it's a violation of his privacy. From the beginning of the investigation, Bianca's family have requested that the San Antonio PD request investigation assistance from the Texas Rangers. However, their requests were repeatedly denied until recently. Although the police haven't agreed to call in the Rangers, they have said that they're open to working with them in the future if they feel like the case will benefit from it. And after seven years of being told no, this is progress, albeit small. Bianca's family have used PIs over the years. However, the San Antonio PD has been unwilling to share any information with them that isn't publicly available online. So none of the PIs have been able to gain any traction with the case. They're not interested in using mediums, psychics, or card readers, as they don't believe they will lead to anything credible. So where does that leave the search for Bianca Carrasco? The case is still open, and Bianca is still considered a missing person. San Antonio PD have never named a suspect in Bianca's disappearance. Here's what Giovanna had to say about the status of her sister's case. We have a new investigator on, on the case. An organization, uh, Project Absentis, is helping us. Um, that That's pretty new. But they are re... Go, I mean, they're starting from the ground up. We're super thankful for that um, because there wasn't anything really being done. Um, and there was a lot of things that were missed in the beginning um, that could have been done. So it, it, that that part is pretty frustrating. Since her disappearance on May 1st, 2016, Bianca hasn't accessed her bank accounts. In fact, the $500 that was in her checking account is considered unclaimed property after the bank closed the account in 2020 due to inactivity. Bianca hasn't used or renewed her driver's license or nursing license. While her family hopes that she is alive and well somewhere, they don't think that she is. They have submitted familial DNA and dental records to be used if unidentified remains that match Bianca's description are discovered. Giovanna and Julie are committed to keeping Bianca's memory alive and to fighting for justice for her. I say people, uh, if I, people have been so awesome that have been there since like the beginning. They just keep sharing and they never give up. They never stop praying. They never forget about her. But I think right now with 
with having the the fresh set of eyes on the case. I just think people need to really, really share, push her story. And I would think that there, there has to be other people that know what happened to her. I am not buying the that no one knows what happened to her. Somebody knows, maybe more than one person knows, and they need to speak up. This is the time. They need they need to speak up. Even if it's something small, even if it's yeah. something they overheard, you know, the any the little guilt here is huge. And, you know, they're out there for days at a time with each other. If somebody overheard something or even something that was said in a joking manner that they think could have possibly been, you know, joking but serious, any anything, anything small could be exactly what's needed to Mm-hmm. further this investigation in this case. And I think um, the more the more that we sh- that everyone can share, people are going to know, I mean, we're not giving up. I mean, you might as well just come forward because we're we're not going to give up ever. Yeah. We're going to figure it out one way or another. Um, yeah. and she we're going to get answers and we are going to get justice for her and her kids are going to know what mm-hmm. happened to their mom. They're not mm-hmm. going to be left to think that they just that she left them because that's not what happened. She would never do that. Bianca Carrasco was last seen on May 1st, 2016, wearing a blue denim jacket, pastel multicolored leggings, and wedge shoes, at least according to Daniel. He also mentioned Bianca was carrying a black Prada wallet. Bianca is five foot one and 125 pounds. She has the letter B tattooed on her hip and a surgical scar on her abdomen. Her ears are pierced. If you have any information about the whereabouts of Bianca, call the San Antonio Police Department at 210-207-7660. There's also a $1,000 reward courtesy of the Odessa Crime Stoppers. Be sure to read the guidelines of eligibility in our show notes. If you'd like to stay up to date with her case, her friends and family are active on social media. We've got Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Um, X, which was Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um, We have it all under um, a link tree, which is Justice for Bianca Carrasco. And you can find all the social media links there. Bianca was clearly a very loved person and her friends and family miss her every single day. She was so funny. She was just so funny and so loving. I mean, she loved who she loved. And she loved them hard. Her kids, she was protective over them. And she always wanted the best for them. That was one of the reasons they moved to San Antonio was she wanted better life for them. But yeah, there's, if you talk to anybody who knows her, I mean, they're, they're going to tell you these amazing, wonderful things. You wanted to be around her. She could be sassy, but then she... She could be a patient, you know. One of my favorite memories, because I did get to read that read that question, um, and I'm already getting emotional about it. But one of my favorite memories with her, there's so many. There, I could, I could think of so many. Like so many popped in my head. But there was a day that I had a, um, I had an appointment in San Antonio, and. My kids were being watched by family members and her kids were in school. And 
anything that we usually did, we had our kids with us. We always had with us. We have a lot of memories with our kids together. And prior to kids, we were teenagers. So we never really had time together without kids <laughs> as an adult, like as, as a legitimate adult that has money or has a vehicle or, or anything like that. But I came down and she was off and we just had the best day. We just walked around the river walk, had lunch and laughed and just, it was just a great day because it, it was like a different phase of our life and something that we never got to experience together. And it's just something that, I mean, I just share it <clears throat> big time. She loved to dance too. She loved to dance. We would play. Remember when, a, what was it? That Dance Dance Revolution was big. Yeah. I mean, she was the winner. Matter of fact, she, I think she kind of disliked my husband because he was the only one that could beat her. She was funny. She was very funny. She was serious when she had to be, but only when she had to be. Otherwise, she was very sarcastic. I am too. So we just always, it was like a stand-up comedy when we were together, just feeding off of each other and laughing and not being serious. But as a nurse, she was very compassionate. She took her, you know, taking care of her patients was priority. And she always wanted to make sure that she gave the best care. And, um, you know, like Giovanna said, all of her patients loved her. You know, it could be hard because we would have, you know, five, six patients at a time. But she always made sure to make each person that she cared for know that she cared for them. It wasn't just, you know, passing meds and going about your day. She would have conversations with them, you know, just take the time to do the little things to let them know they were more than just a patient in the hospital bed. To expand on what Giovanna was saying about, you know, her decision and, and what have you, I just, you know, we, we've said a couple of times it, because she didn't know or didn't grow up with her mom, it's not like she looked at Daniel as her uncle. She didn't meet him until she was 18 years old after going through some really hard things. And we just want to make sure that nobody just sees her as, you know, oh, well, she married her uncle because we still get comments like that all the time. Oh, isn't that the girl that just married her uncle? That's completely unrelated to everything that has happened with her going missing. That decision didn't cause her to go missing. That decision didn't, you know, it's just something that we want to make sure that people understand and don't focus on. As far as a favorite memory, the one that sticks in my mind always whenever I think back about Bianca is uh, me and the kids were in the car driving and she called and she was like, hey, I have a question and it is, and I'm being serious, so don't laugh at me. And I was like, okay. She's like, no, like seriously, Julie, I'm, I'm being serious. And I know you're going to laugh and don't laugh because I, I really want to know. And I was like, oh, okay, Bianca, I'll, I'll try. What, what is it? She said, can you teach me how to Dougie? <laughs> and my kids were in the car and it was like on the, on the Bluetooth or whatever that to the car speakers. And we 
all just busted out laughing. And I was like, Bianca, she said, I told you I was being serious and not to laugh. And I was like, okay, well, that's not what I was expecting you to say. She was like, but I'm serious. Can you? Can you teach me how to Dougie? And I was like, (laughs) well, I can't, but my son probably can. And she goes, okay, for real. Next time I'm over there, I want him to teach me how to Dougie. So he ends up, I recorded him on the phone and sent it to her. And so she kind of self-teaches herself off of his video. And then the next time she came over, she was like, okay, I think I got it. But she asked my son, Donovan, can you watch me to make sure that I'm doing it right? And she literally does the Dougie there at my house to get his approval that she has learned how to do it right. And she did. And she was so proud of herself because she learned how to Dougie. But that just every time I think of it, just because of the whole song and I can hear her and I can hear her saying it too. (laughs) Make sure you follow us on all of our socials at the Murder Diaries Pod. And until then, stay safe. Bye. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.